fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Final try Hey everybody and welcome to episode number 56 of the third season of the Fantasy Fullback Dive brought to you by the good folks at the Roto Street Journal. We're paving the way. We're your lead blocker to fantasy, glory, excellence, playoffs, championships, uh, present company excluded of course. I won't be uh, doing any of those things, possibly in the Roto Street Journal Expert League. Hope so, but obviously as you heard if you listened on Monday, my hopes are dashed. There were a lot of expletives thrown around between me and my mm-hmm. co-host last week. I, of course, am your host, Nat the Truth Jones. With me, as always, the Wolf of Rotor Street himself. I'm going to give you a quick test, Wolf, because I did this last year and you failed miserably. And uh, <laughs> CJ the Salt Man jumped in. Uh, you know, we were texting back and forth. This is like a year ago now, and he was just appalled by the fact that you failed this test. Oh, what do you think of when you think of number 56 in the NFL? I asked you last year on episode 56. Oh, I fucking failed last year, and I'm gonna fail again. Uh, he, he, was appa- he was appalled. Is it, is it Lawrence Taylor? It's Lawrence Taylor. All right, of good. course. Okay. Yeah, no, you I got learned, it down. You <laughs> learned something a year ago that you retained. That's amazing with all the alcohol and and drug and, abuse that you've managed to maintain. Uh, you know, uh, information like that. Good for you. No, I remember as soon as you said it last year, I was like, "What the fuck is wrong with me?" That one was seared in my brain forever. For C- sure. CJ texted like right after, and was like. What what the fuck? This guy doesn't know who Lawrence Taylor is. This is this <laughs> is, this is the guy we're building our organization around. I'm like that's right. Lawrence Taylor oh. played in the 80s and and 90s, so it's okay. It means nothing to me now. I know, right? It's, not, it's zero fantasy value right this second. Exactly. All right, week 14. We are going to give you our week 14 preview. Of course, we are coming up on the fantasy playoffs. Uh, as a matter of fact, it's right now, and uh, the real NFL playoffs uh, picture is starting to take shape. But there's still a lot of action going on. We got a jam-packed stock watch trainers room. We're of course going to go week 14 higher, lower hail mary, and then we got a, a big mailbag as always. And the mailbag, of course, is coming from people that are still in the game, uh, which is, of course is not me. I got no questions, but I'm happy to answer some. And it's a crazy, as you'll see in the stock watch, we're about to run down too. I mean, of all the year, it seemed like a relatively healthy year, and there was not yep. too many injuries you had to deal with. And then suddenly, it's just become Armageddon these last few weeks. I mean, last year, all year was just injury hell. Uh, so we, we almost were blessed. But then right when the fantasy playoff hits, the gods decide to strike down their wrath. And it's been brutal. So you're going to need some streamers, even if you make the playoffs at this point. A lot of studs between the Kareem Hunt and Melvin Gordon and yep. James Connor news between uh, you know Emmanuel Sanders, AJ Green, the tons of guys are out, and then thankfully there's tons of guys available. So this is going to be a big one. If you're in the playoffs, you need some streamers. We got tons of action for you. Uh, can't wait to get through these higher, lower hail marys as well, guys. A bunch of names I'm very excited to talk about tonight. All right, we're going to start in the stock watch, uh, the trainers room. We got some big names involved. Emmanuel Sanders, non-contact <laughs> injury uh, in practice from the Broncos. He had a heel injury reported last week. But the Broncos kind of think he has a torn Achilles. This is the Broncos' uh, undisputed number one receiver. The Broncos have been on a tear as of late. Outside chance to make the playoffs. This has got to hurt them as a team. What's the fantasy implication? 
And I think it hurts the fantasy value of the entire team as well, just because yeah. of how much Sanders brings to the table. This isn't one of those situations where it, it, the show goes on and just a new person steps up and gets a ton of volume and makes a huge damage with it. Sanders lifts the lid. He, he dominates out of the slot. He churns third downs. This is a guy that's a crucial cog to this overall attack. So I don't think this necessarily helps anybody. Yes, yeah, Sutton steps up and might see a few more targets a week, but he's going to see number one coverage now. He couldn't really get open against number two corners, so I don't expect him to suddenly explode here down the stretch. Lindsey, I mean, probably more unaffected than most, but still benefits from the the lid lifting, the, the less stacked boxes uh, that, that he brought with Sanders on the table. So I just don't think this helps anybody out. It's not good for anyone, especially not Sanders and Sanders owners. You got to feel for the guy who's playing really well, gets a non-contact, uh, most likely Achilles injury, which is probably going to hold him out a solid chunk of next year too. Real tough break at this point of the year for him, for owners, for their playoff hopes, and just every single Bronco. I don't see any good to come out of this. Yeah, I agree completely, and it's too bad. I had him, but I'm out. Uh, if I had still been in and this had happened, I'd be upset on a fantasy level. Uh, as it is now, I'm a Broncos fan. I'm upset on a Broncos level, and of course, yeah. never had anything against Manny Sanders. Uh, he's a great receiver, fast as hell, fun to watch. Sorry to see him go. Yeah. Uh, A.J. Green, we've talked about this guy, and we speculated this was going to be the end of his season. It is. He's on the IR. He is in permanent scarecrow status now. I guess actually once you're on the IR, you're no longer a scarecrow. You're just a, a corpse. And yep. uh, anyway, his, uh, his toe <laughs> has put him out for the year. Uh, you know, wh- whether he should be on IR or not, there's no way they should have been playing this guy anyway. The Bengals are garbage. Probably the worst team in the NFL or at least one of them. Absolutely. Now he's going to have to undergo surgery on the latest reports. Uh, he should have just been resting. This should never have happened. Uh, and it's going to be a contract year next year. So that's going to be intriguing to see. He's 31. Does the team commit to him long term? Does he want to stay with this team long term? Uh, a lot's going to obviously have to do with the head coach and what moves they make. But for this year, what are the fantasy implications from this? Well, thankfully, Boyd has gotten it back together without A.J. Green in the lineup. He's got 18 and 12 in his last two. Jeff Driscoll, just it's even more. More so, a Boyd-style quarterback averaging 6.4 yards per attempt, as pathetic as it gets, but that's Boyd's game. Short game, intermediate, over the middle of the field, churning third downs. Uh, so this just continues to help him at this stage with Driscoll at quarterback. The whole offense, is, though, it's obviously a negative. We saw mixing get kind of game flowed out last week when the offense couldn't keep pace, and they're not going to be able to keep pace with anybody without A.J. Green. It's a t- tough loss for fantasy owners, of course, uh, but Boyd is the only guy that gets a, a minuscule fuel stock up in my opinion matt Breida, we've been talking about this guy for a while his ankle injury has reared its ugly head he's been ruled out for week 14 against the broncos who do you like for the first time, we actually get Breida ruled out and not just dying on an NFL field after three snaps. So yeah. at least that's nice. Thanks, Shanahan, for providing the clarity so we don't keep rolling this guy out and then losing him in pregame warmups and shit. Uh, but who do I like in his absence? Got to be Jeff Wilson. Yeah. Comes in, gets 15 and a half, uh, half PPR fantasy points last week. Hugely involved in the passing game. Catches eight of his nine targets for 73 yards. And this could be a blow up, but that receiving game usage is what makes me feel great about Wilson. He's now up to 
48% owned. So he's no longer a secret. Uh, even if it's only been a one game explosion, owners know to, to, to roll this guy out. I consider him at my RB 21, a very viable RB two this week. Uh, even though Denver, a tougher matchup, I still think he's just so game flow proof. They only have Alfred Morris behind him. They've just been, obviously Morris is just complete bag of shit. So I, I like Wilson a lot this week. I would rather have Justin Jackson. A lot of people, that's a, that's a question. I got Jackson and Wilson. Uh, I'd way rather, rather have, have the, Jackson, definitely. Way rather have the better offense, uh, even if Wilson's more secured with the usage. But still, th- this guy has a lot of upside to come out of nowhere for your fancy playoffs. I do think you can trust him. All right, speaking of Justin Jackson, Melvin Gordon's the next guy on our list. And, I mean, he remained sidelined at Wednesday's practice. I mean, you'd have to think he's probably going to be out again. I'm assuming you prefer Jackson to Eckler, right? I do, uh, and a lot of people don't have it. That's not how the ECR is shaking out right now. But I think it's pretty obvious to anyone that saw Sunday. Second half, it kind of became Jackson's backfield after Eckler was averaging 1.6 yards per carry, just I mean, doing he nothing. Passed, against I mean, the, the eye test, right? I mean, like and the you eye could test. just look at it and see, like this guy's got more juice. And he had a lot of juice. I was very impressed with what I saw. He's now averaged eight yards a pop over the last two games without Gordon. And that was against a tough Steelers run defense. He was just knifing right through him. That 18-yard TD burst showed you kind of all you want to see. And, you know, his own gap. He just cuts back and reads the defense well. Was an absolute workhorse at Northwestern. So this guy can hold up to volume. I think he's going to get plenty of it against Cincinnati, who gives up the most points to running backs in the league. You give me 15 touches and goal line looks. I think he's a great fill-in for Melvin Gordon this week, and hopefully, if you own Gordon, and you're in the playoffs. You got a you got a piece of Justin Jackson. He's my uh, handcuff, not Austin Eckler. I agree with you completely. on Johnson, he is also still sidelined as Wednesday's practice. I mean, is there anybody you want to touch in the Detroit backfield, or are you just running for the hills? I actually do this week, considering it's a matchup against Arizona, who's given up 17 touchdowns already on the on ground. The ground with You're yeah, on me. the ground, and that's it. Yeah, how <laughs> pathetic is that? By far the most in the league. Yeah. So that just blunt, you know, uh, as bleh as he is, that gives him some appeal. He, he can score touchdowns. He gets rolling when the the game flow is right, and he gets heavy usage. He kind of wears down and beats down a defense. And when he suddenly hits that, you know, 20 carry marker, so that's when he starts to rip off some chunk plays. And I think he's going to get that volume against Arizona because Arizona sucks the game flow should be in his favor to see heavy volume to see some goal line work i bet you he falls into the end zone at least once and hits maybe 100 yards he's up there at rb24 this week for me a lot of just random blunts and wilson's and jackson this is a weird week for running backs but with so many heavy injuries hopefully you can find at least one of these guys they're all still under 50 percent owned uh so blunt another guy to throw in that let me check and see if i need a replacement i think he has a big game this week hey here's a fantasy football term that you just used that I've always thought was pretty funny. Give me the equivalent of the fantasy football, but we're going to give the equivalent of uh, women in a bar or whatever equivalent of falling into the end zone. Falling into the end zone? The woman <laughs> equivalent? Like oh, picking man. somebody up. You're, you're falling into the end zone. What's the equivalent uh, with uh, you know in the dating game and the, the hitting on people in a bar game? I, I would say, I mean, it's got to be just an easy one-yard plunge. So it's certainly nothing that you had to work overly hard for. Uh, but still, it's, you know, touchdown is a touchdown. You, you hit it big. So maybe <laughs> it's that kind of, you know, last call. Everybody's kind of getting chucked from the bar and you're just like stumbling out. And you're like, hey. Maybe you bump, you bump, you bump into somebody. Like you just like collide drunkenly with a woman at the door. And you're like, do you want to go back to my place? And she's and like, yeah, okay. Right 
Okay. I, my, my buddy pulled off a, a great one one time. Uh, we were walking <laughs> literally home from the bar. We had already left the, the premises, and we, we were walking through a parking lot, and these two chicks were in their car. He looks in and just – he was craving a cigarette. He doesn't even smoke cigarettes, but he was in that drunk stage, like, I need a cigarette. Uh, he just looks at him and goes, you girls want to – you guys have a cigarette? I have drugs. And that was like – that was falling into the end zone. That, they came back to the apartment uh, and whatever that, else ensued. Those, were the, those were the magic words, huh? Yeah, that's that's like the Garrett Blunt falling right, into right, the end zone. That's falling into the end zone. Home. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Good example. All right. Deshaun Jackson, uh, ESPN Bucks reporter Jenna Lane believes that it is, and this is a direct quote, quite possible. The Bucks hold Deshaun Jackson due to his thumb injury out of the remainder of the season. They're falling like dominoes here. And that's big because obviously this passing attack, as we've said time and time again, averaging over 360 passing yards a game, has been prolific. Whether it's Fitzpatrick, whether it's Jameis Winston, it's Todd Munkin's aerial bombing attack. And they got a great matchup this week against New Orleans, who's given up the most points to wide receivers. Anytime Jackson's been out, Chris Godwin has been studly. Adam Humphreys has been a beast. Godwin just ripped off 101 in a TD for five catches against the Panthers. And he'd be another, and that was his season high 80% snaps that helped facilitate that you got to imagine he'd again be 80 plus snaps along with Adam Humphreys who also scored and dominated I think both of those guys are humongously valuable this week Humphreys up in my top 20 receivers even we're going to talk about him a little bit later Godwin just outside of it as well you got to love both those guys if Deshaun Jackson's out both this week and if they hold him out the remainder of the season stretch run hero upside for both of those receivers considering how prolific this attack is and the Bucks fans have got to be shaken up by this because Deshaun Sean Jackson uh, being out for the remainder of the season could be the difference between them going, you know, four and twelve and five and eleven. Um, Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> you know they have like an outside shot at a wild card right now too. No, they, they're one game behind the Panthers, which is crazy after beating them last week. And the what Panthers. Are the, what are, are the Panthers? Six and six. I think the Panthers are seven and six. I think the Bucks are up to six wins on the year. They might be. No it's kidding. crazy. I think, no, they I think, have a, I think they're six swing. and six because you're forget. No one's played more than twelve games because oh, we're yeah, in fourteen right. I right think, now. I think the, the I think the Panthers are seven and five, and the the Bucks are six and six. Then I think that's what it is. There's no way the Bucks are six and six. I, I wish we had a fact checker here. There's, we need one eventually. There's, there's no way the Bucks are six content. and six. If, like, the, if so, checker and pronunciation checker too, right? Like so many of our pronunciations are just so. I, they're, they're pretty bad. That'd be a funny segment. They're pretty bad. Like you know, like we need a, a stat boy type thing. Absolutely. Right. Mitch Trubisky, number seven. I'm sure you're looking up the Tampa Bay record as we speak, but Mitch Trubisky. Five and seven. seven. Okay, that, honestly, that's still better than I thought. So it is one game away, but it's five and seven. They're six and the six. The Panthers yeah. are just in free fall right now. Yeah, absolutely. Kelvin Benjamin style free fall. Oh, Kelvin. Speaking of Kelvin Benjamin, he's coming. Free he's fall. coming. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna wait for that. We're gonna. One. We're gonna talk about all 380 pounds of Kelvin Benjamin heavy, later in the show. Good God, have you seen some of the pictures of this guy that on the internet? He is gigantic. <laughs> he is huge. It's like he's inflatable. Mitch Trubisky, uh, due to a shoulder injury, practicing in full for week 14 against the Rams. That could be a good game if Trubisky actually plays, huh? I know. He's, he's been a sneaky stud whenever he's out on the field at over 30 points in like four of his last six. But he obviously is a much tougher matchup against the Rams that now have Tlaib returning. The the stats are a little bit skewed. It's saying right now that the Rams got the eighth most points to quarterbacks, and they got bombed for a while when they didn't have Tlaib in, but we just saw what they did to Stafford. And I mean, granted, Stafford sucks, but this defense really greatly benefits from having Tlaib's presence. He's an unbelievable yeah. corner. 
when he's been out there. Uh, so that hurts, but still, Trubisky, could you roll him out there? Probably. I got some streamers I'd rather play that we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, but obviously, the whole offense outside of Tariq Cohen gets a huge bump. Why not Cohen, though? Daniels targeted Cohen an absurd 22 times the last yeah. two games. Uh, he's you know almost 40% target share for Tariq Cohen these last few games. We talked about it on Monday. Record air yards, all that good stuff was a product of Daniels just locking in on him. Uh, but still, obviously, you know, Cohen was getting it done with Trubisky. Maybe not as high of a ceiling, but still equally high. And I think this is going to be a catch-up mode style game versus the Rams. So I'm certainly not benching Cohen because Trubisky's back. But everybody else now gets a little bit more sleeper appeal uh, in this offense when you got Trubisky under center. All right. going to hit you with some rapid fire, guys. Wolf, you ready? Let's do it. Sammy Watkins due to a foot injury limited at Wednesday's practice. I still don't think he plays. And even if he does, I'm not trusting him against Baltimore right now. Gus Edwards, the bus, who we have talked about a lot the last couple of weeks, got an ankle issue, but he expects to play week 14 against the Chiefs. That lends some clarity to the Ravens' backfield. A little bit, but Kenneth Dixon getting nine touches uh, last week, and that's in his first game back. I can kind of feel these tides are shifting towards him, especially if this ankle flares up and they, they need some speed against the Chiefs. Edwards, as much as I've loved him, this is the lowest I've been, but an early touchdown plunge I think is in the cards for the bus. Deontay Foreman, this Achilles that happened a long time ago. He's practicing in full in week 14. He's finally practicing in full. Is he worth a stretch run stash? If you have trash to cut, go for it. But otherwise, Miller's been you know logging 20-plus touches weekly and feeding pretty well off of him. So I think Foreman's useless the rest of the year, but worth a stash if you got nothing else on your bench. All right, last and least, Raiders sign running back C.J. Anderson. I'll just let you riff on this one. Yeah, disgusting, useless, fat blob, nothing. Uh, it's just as classic of a John Gruden signing as can be. Just a fat, useless, fullback-style guy. It's nothing like Gruden likes more. He's got a soft pair of hands, I guess. Gruden loves the little 2Y banana, whatever the fuck he calls it, spider 2Y banana. Anderson can run that for him. Useless signing, but it also does shed light that Doug Martin could be out this weekend. Uh, he popped up with an injury report, and he might be gone. He's been scoring some good touchdowns lately, so that that's a guy that could have been your flex obviously cj anderson not in there but jalen richard potentially has more value i thought i had kelvin benjamin on here uh as a note but as you've seen the reports that he went unclaimed i know you're probably shocked to hear the news that he went unclaimed and passed through waivers what are your thoughts nat uh kelvin benjamin and kareem hunt one because he's a horrible human being one because he's a fat tub of shit um <laughs> you know there's a bunch of different reasons you might not get claimed off waivers as it turns out Right, exactly. And they're saying, Schefter is saying he wouldn't be surprised to see him land somewhere soon. So maybe by the end of this podcast, we'll have a, a landing spot for that fat, heavy body. They're going to have to put a gigantic like red X on the ground somewhere for him to land. How do, is that, that's how you land a blimp, right? Like you need right, to have exactly. like something from the sky you can see. What a monster. Which is a bigger disaster, the Hindenburg blimp disaster or Kelvin Benjamin's stint with the Bills? <laughs> Definitely the Benjamin disaster. Can you just picture his body kind of like free floating through the air, just like heavy waves of fat? Like uh, maybe maybe in the uh, like the Macy's uh, Thanksgiving parade, one of the big balloons. And Kelvin, and here's Mickey Mouse and Donald L. And there's the Kelvin Benjamin balloon. Oh wait, that's oh, not a balloon. Actually, that's yeah, actually that's Kelvin actually Benjamin. Just He's just. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Oh, that's good stuff. Kelvin, if you're listening, um, and like if we're on at you know, your favorite buffet or whatever in the background, we'd love to have you on the show. Uh, higher or lower in Hail Mary segment, we're going to start off with the quarterbacks, a guy that the Wolves hire on than the experts, Matt Ryan, 
playing the Packers this week. Uh, the Wolves got him as his QB8. That's only three spots higher than the experts. Yeah, there wasn't anybody that really jumped out. Like last week it was Rivers plus six, and I felt great about it, and it turned out to be great. This week I'm in line with most of the experts, except Matt Ryan. I mean, he's got 300 and a million straight games outside of this dud against the Ravens, uh, which obviously is a little bit predictable. It's a, a tough defense, and he didn't get through it. The Green Bay defense not nearly as tough as uh, that Ravens defense. I think they're skewed that they only allow the 10th fewest fantasy co- points to quarterbacks because they've been facing garbage all year. They've had like two or three genuine quarterbacks quarterbacks actually face them this year. I looked through it. The list was unimpressive. So anyone that's good too, you know, whether it's Goff or uh, Brady even or Russell Wilson, they've done some damage against this D. So I'm not scared, especially because Green Bay just lost their second cornerback, uh, King. And I really think it's going to be a shootout style game. I expect Rodgers to play motivated and be fired up to prove Mike McCarthy was the one holding me down. He's the type of guy that needs that added incentive to actually mm-hmm. play his best. So I think under Philbin, this offense, Green Bay, starts to explode against the bad Atlanta defense and Matt Ryan has to play catch-up, and we just kind of get a little duel between Ryan and Rodgers. That's what I'm envisioning for this game. Yeah, I could see it being a real shit game, to be honest. Ryan Rodgers could be could be a duel, but I mean, it could also be like seventeen to fourteen. I don't. I mean, neither one of those guys, neither one of their teams, is like what we thought they would be. You know, I'm I'm thoroughly unimpressed. Cam Newton playing at the Browns. You got him as your quarterback seven, which I mean, clearly you don't hate the guy, but the experts actually have him at four, which seems a little bit high to me. Absolutely. When he's playing with a shoulder injury, his rushing snaps have been getting limited because of it. He's getting pulled at the end of the game to, instead of throwing the, the Hail Mary. This is a guy that has one of the stronger arms in the league when fully healthy, so that cuts into his big play ability. And that's what Cam Newton gets his value on, his huge chunk plays in the passing game and rushing. If those two things are removed, uh, that really hurts his value moving forward. This offense is going to go through McCaffrey considering how bad the Browns' run defense is, so it is going to get into the red zone. I imagine the Panthers will move the ball well against a shitty defense but that just comes down to do the touchdowns end up going to C-Mac or does Newton you know throw it to him or throw it to somebody else if that's the case it's kind of like Russell Wilson last week where we had him as our lower guy he only threw for 170 yards but had four touchdowns in the process Newton could end up having himself a nice touchdown day but I don't think the yards will be there especially on the ground and that's where he makes some of his damage so I, I bump him down I don't think four is way too high having him over Rivers Rogers even Winston I couldn't trust Newton over those guys all right josh allen against the jets that's our hail mary and you want to know is it cheating to go to him twice no it's not cheating you're just calling it like you see it he stayed only 11 percent owned despite having the most fantasy points among quarterbacks for two streaks two weeks running uh and running being the key word this guy is just rushing all over the place stiff arming he's he's what we might have thought lamar jackson would be the way this guy's playing because he's making some nice throws thrown for a couple touchdowns a game these last couple weeks has a nice t- uh, rapport going there with zay jones who's coming into his own it seems and the the jets allowing the seventh most rushing yards per game i said it last week i thought miami is going to give up 100 yards rushing Josh Allen. He has 130. I think he now goes back-to-back-to-back 100-yard rushing games and gets another one against the Jets, which I think would be the first quarterback to ever do that. Back-to-back-to-back games, 100-yard rushing, I don't think has ever been done for a quarterback before. i got to go check that. Maybe Mike Vick has pulled that off. Uh, But I I think Josh Allen really has a good shot. Again, seventh most rushing yards per game. The Jets have given up on the ground. I could see him pulling that feed off, maybe being the first quarterback in NFL history to ever do that, in addition to a couple scores to Zay Jones yet again, maybe. Uh, I just think Josh Allen, only 11% owned. 
it, it's got to be higher at this point. He's, he's really been impressive these last couple of weeks. All right, the guys that you're higher on at running back, as you say, the usual suspects. You got your James White. You got him as your 12. The experts have him at 18. Tariq Cohen against the Rams. You got him at 13. The experts have him at 19. We're going to pass up on those guys. Just note that like we like them more than the experts do. But Justin Jackson, the Wolves' new boy, uh, playing against the Bengals. They only got him at, uh, you got him at 18. The experts have him at 27. That seems criminally low. Um, given, I mean, and, and this is because you say that generally the consensus is that they're ra- ranking Austin Eckler higher. Yeah, and I just don't get it because this offense, as we said in the news segment, ran much more smoothly when they had Justin Jackson back there in the second half. He ripped chunk play after chunk play, and I think this is the week. He's only had seven, eight touches over these last two. I think the tides tilt, and he gets end up ends up getting 15 to maybe even 20, considering what the game script could be against a horrible Cincinnati team that's not going to put up any points himself. A Cincinnati team giving up the most rushing yards in the league right now. Uh, Justin Jackson himself has been highly impressive. He runs those toss sweeps that Melvin Gordon used to thrive on much better than Eckler does. He can knife through the middle of the defense really well and a decent receiver himself. He's a true three-down horse at Northwestern. So he does everything that Melvin Gordon did, uh, not quite at the level of Melvin, but much more of that type of offensive weapon as compared to Austin Eckler, who's a great receiver in his own right, but can't offer that much of a, a almost immediate type of fill-in. So with the matchup, with the potential usage and the talent in his favor, I I think everything lines up for a big Justin Jackson day. And I just want to say that you ever, you know how sometimes there's a misleading stat like, oh, so-and-so's defense is terrible. They get shredded against this or so-and-so's defense is really good. They, the Bengals defense, uh, the stat on running, it, it's not misleading. They're terrible. No. Like every week they oh. give, they give up just like career games to everybody. So to me, the wolf is correct to really like Jackson in this situation. Lower on Lamar Miller against the Colts. Uh, You got him at 19. The experts have him at 13. I kind of agree with you here. I feel like, I don't know, man, it's tough to get a read on Miller. He has looked okay the last couple games, but I've just seen him not look okay enough times where I'm hesitant to get really excited. I think that's more so what it is, is he's been producing. He's got over 104 of his last six. The volume's been there, and he's looked better than his usual bleh vanilla self. It's just more my gut saying we're going to get the usual 50, 60 yards Lamar Miller. The Colts might make this more of an aerial-based games because they've really benefited from staying, you know, getting up big early, their defense making some plays, and then bleeding the clock. I don't know if that type of script will be there. Indy's going to want to bounce back big after a that harrowing, just pathetic game against Jacksonville. Uh, I just think my gut's telling me we get the Lamar Miller of old. Maybe Foreman's back and active and steals goal line touches. Alfred Blue has had tennis-ish carries every single week. I just, I don't know. There's nothing that really makes me hate Miller, especially how well he's played. But at RB13, you know, a fringe RB1 ahead of Jackson and Cohen and James White and Gus the Bus, I just don't buy it because he just does not have that ceiling in my opinion. Yeah, I'm with you all the way on that, actually. I love the Hail Mary, by the way. You love that Ravens backfield, even with Gus the Bus Every back. Every week it's my you love, Hail Mary, I mean, You right? have been all over the Ravens backfield, like the Every last week. like four weeks or so. Kenneth Dixon, At- 9% owned. You alluded to that before he had, what, nine touches last week, eating yeah. into Gus's potential share uh, of the ground pie. Sell me on Dixon as a Hail Mary. I feel like you already have, but go ahead. 
It's the matchup, matchup, matchup. Second most points to running backs Kansas City's giving up. And you know the Ravens are going to try to ground this explosive, unstoppable passing game by just bleeding clock and trying to command it. I think Dixon's volume after nine touches gets right into that 12 to 15 range. And maybe a little bit more explosive, not as steamrolling as the bus, but more explosive. I can see him kind of even split a good receiver as well. I would not be surprised to see Dixon find the end zone. And I like Montgomery. I just keep going back to Montgomery for like two straight weeks in those biceps, but he's been fine. I mean, he keeps getting like 60 ish yards and four to five catches high floor flex as well. Uh, Montgomery's become a, a dependable source of eight to 10 points. If that's what you need this week. I also love Montgomery too. All right. Wide receivers. This is another guy. This is just like got to be a huge ego stroke for you. Adam Humphreys of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the aforementioned five and seven Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, going against the Saints, wide receiver 19. That's higher than the experts who have him at 27. I feel like especially with DJX maybe out for the year, I understand the appeal of Humphreys even more, and I understood it even when Jackson was playing. Absolutely. We had him in as our top 25, 30 play with Jackson in there. So obviously he's getting an even bigger bump out. Uh, and this is because he dominates out of the slot where the, the Saints, even though they've been recovering as a defense a bit as of late, Marshawn Lamar starting to look like his old self. That's not where he plays. He plays on the outside. He'll be on Mike Evans where the slot is P.J. Williams, one of the worst corners in the league, the fourth lowest graded cornerback in pro football focuses rankings uh, throughout this year. He's been routinely brutal out of the slot and Humphreys has been operating at a different level out of the slot right now with Jameis Winston his boy they have a special chemistry Humphreys is great after the catch where PJ Williams has been awful as a tackler I really think Humphreys finds the end zone for a third straight week maybe even hits 100 yards in the process uh, if you have a Humphreys if you picked him up a couple weeks ago when we were talking about him as a great streamer you cannot put him on your bench at this point he's been too hot the matchup's too great and I think he has maybe his best game yet uh, uh, other than his 24 point outburst a couple weeks ago i really think humphreys is another bet for 100 in this score i love him this week all right lower kenny galladay man the lions feel like they're in free fall too i mean they just Mm -hmm. seem like absolute garbage to me tate gone not doing anything where he left galladay becomes the default the like default number one guy has not done a whole lot like i mean i but really the lions haven't done a whole lot if you want to be honest Right, he was riding some heavy volume those first two games, 13, 15 targets, yeah. uh, and did some damage in those those matchups. But last week, sees only eight, only gets like six fantasy points, and now faces Patrick Peterson, one of the best corners in the league, a top five corner by Pro Football Focus, and just anyone who has eyeballs can see this guy still is balling out. He's been lights out all year, and the Arizona defense obviously gets destroyed on the ground. We just raved about Garrett Blunt earlier on this podcast, but actually have the fourth-ranked pass defense, giving up only 220 passing yards a game. And most of those yards, the vast majority, come out of the slot where they've been uh, rolling out the worst-graded corner by pro football focus, Leonard Johnson. Uh, Sometimes they move Buda Baker, safety, to cover people out of there. I think it's more of an Ellington stream kind of day. I'm nervous for Galladay, who's been getting shut out a little bit. Uh, They – they're not, he's not that de facto number one if he has a good corner on him that, that he's still going to see the volume. I think he, he's, Stafford's going to be nervous about Peterson, and Galladay's just going to be faded a little bit more than, than we're used to here. All right, I'm going to give you a couple rapid-fire Hail Marys at wide receiver, okay? Yeah. Dante Pettis against Denver. 
He went from 5% to 38% owned, and I think is a great stab. Excellent after the catch, and Denver just lost their top corner, and Chris Harris, who's especially good at tackling. I think Pettis rumbles again, maybe in some garbage time if, the, if Denver puts up some points early. A big fan of, uh, he's clearly cut Mullins' number top, top receiver for Mullins, and I absolutely love him this week. Bruce Ellington, only 8% owned. And that's the guy we just talked about with uh, the slot troubles out of Arizona. So good everywhere else as a pass defense, but awful at the slot. That's where Ellington's been rumbling. He's saying seven, eight targets a week, has like six catches in both his games as a lion. Hasn't done a ton with him, but I think this is a week where he has, he's got a safe floor and a decent ceiling this week. Tyrell Williams, high ceiling, right? I mean, like, but also like low floor. (laughs) The floor just doesn't exist. He's got single-digit fantasy points since their bye in Week 8. Uh, but this is where I think he reemerges and explodes. It's these style of games facing Cincy's awful pass defense, awful overall defense, love giving up chunk plays. Yes, I prefer Mike Williams. He's the clear-cut number two. But for a Hail Mary, Tyrell Williams, I think this is the week he goes Hail Mary, gets another big one uh, for you, 60-yard touchdown bomb coming to Tyrell this week. All right, tight ends, and I'm actually really excited about this higher one. And before we get in higher, you're higher. you got Jalen Samuels in there, you you know, he's somehow ranked number 18 tight end on Fantasy Pros. You know, of course, he's eligible at tight end on Yahoo, which has been a source of con- some controversy. I wanted you to quickly just do your imitation of the guys that have a problem with Jalen Samuel- Samuels <laughs> being a tight end on yeah. Yahoo. Just real quickly, we'll lead into this piece with that. Oh, well, he's going to play a <laughs> NFL snap this year at tight end. And this is just an appalling, abysmal mishap from Yahoo. I, I can't stand that they would make such a thing. I even pleaded to my commissioner, please don't make him eligible. you got to unrule this. I wrote to the guy starting Samuels and said, please don't start him. This is unfair edge. And I did not follow the Roto Street Journal who's been saying this guy is tight end eligible for the last five right, weeks. Because I'm a fucking idiot. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Now you're all bitching because you were sheep. You didn't listen. And we've been telling you for five weeks to stash this guy. He's an absolute monster. (laughs) You love the Travis Kelsey boys. I do. I love love that the the guy that is so pissed about Jalen Samuels being tight end eligible on Yahoo is – Travis Kelsey. He's yeah, he's the exactly. guy that's the, the angriest he about it. He whines so much about that. He's that style guy. But yeah, we've been raving about this cheat code edge that you could gain. And of course, it happens in the playoffs. A magic gift from God. But I've stashed this guy for five weeks on the off chance it happens, and it's happening. Uh, so because it's happening, how do they rank him at 18 tight end? I imagine it's because he's not tight end eligible everywhere. Because otherwise, I have him only behind Ebron, Ertz, and Kelsey. Otherwise, you're getting the Steelers work course against the Raiders. I know they're going to split carries uh, between Ridley and him. They're saying it's going to be an alternate series, but they're going to ride a hot hand if it emerges, and it's not going to be Steven Ridley. I bet you he fumbles, and he's just never heard of again. Samuels, a good pass catcher, had 12 touchdowns and like 50 receptions as well in college, because he did play a lot of tight end in college, so that's where that eligibility came from. Uh, It's just very versatile, offers more so what Connor and Bell in this offense has been used to over the years. I think he emerges as the workhorse by the end of this game and definitely finds the end zone at least once and on your tight end spot that is huge value all right trey burton guy you're lower on again tight end 19 versus the rams talk about a guy who has just fallen in the shitter huh Absolutely. And uh, I mean, now he's got six straight games under 40 yards, one touchdown over that six game span. I uh, gets his boy Trubisky back who does love 
targeting him on those little shovel passes and that stuff. And the Rams have been a seb to tight ends, especially as of late, four touchdowns in their last six. So could I see him scoring for the first time in six weeks? Yeah, I can see that scenario. But still, it's just been four less targets over these four weeks. Goose egg last week. I'm not trusting him. I'd cut him, to be honest, if I owned him, just because of how pathetic he's been these last few weeks. Hail Mary, Antonio Gates. Not necessarily even the corpse of Antonio Gates. Playing against Cincy, you love the matchups against Cincy. Every position you seem to love love who's playing at that against Cincy this week. Now you got an explosive offense such as the 49, uh, not the 49, the Chargers are. you got to like all of these red zone weapons they have too. Justin Jackson, Tyrell Willing burning down the field. And then Gates, the old man, still shown he can get open in, in the tight congested areas. Has a couple touchdowns over the last four weeks with Rivers. Got shut out last week. I get it. This huge risk with Gates. You're getting a touchdown or he's getting you nothing. But I think he definitely finds the end zone at least once, maybe even twice against Cincy that's given up the second most points tight ends they defended the receiver better than tight ends on the year i can see gates having another touchdown and maybe 30 yards day for somebody that's out there in pretty much every league at such a decimated position if you didn't get samuels take a stab at gates and see if he scores for you all right mailbag and it's a biggie is roof pizza wants to know Scrambling, I I know (laughs) roof pizza is good stuff scrambling and wait you ever had pizza on the roof i guess you probably have Everybody's uh, yeah, had, I'm sure everybody's yeah. everybody's had a little pizza on the roof. He hasn't had a slice of roof pizza. Scrambling in the wake of the count of the Connor injury, missed out on Samuels. My fault for dropping him last week. Yeah, is there anything more painful than that? By the way, when you stash someone for like four weeks, cut them, and then the injury happens, like right. nothing worse than that. It's such a bitch. Oh, it's such work. a bitch. I mean, like a lot of people did that with Cream Hunt. Like they're like sitting on Spencer Ware, and they're like, yeah, what the hell am I doing this for? And it's like, I'll tell you what you're doing it for because he kicked a woman in a hotel. That's why. Anyway, screaming in the way, scrambling in the wake of the Connor injury, missed out on Samuels. My fault for dropping him last week, but I do have Stephen Ridley, Josh Reynolds, and Doug Baldwin to choose from for my last flex spot. Full PPR. I got to say that is, uh, you know, only slight consolation that you're sitting on those guys. But what do you think, Wolf? That's an ugly situation. I'm not a fan of any of them. To me, Baldwin found the end zone last week and. Uh, I guess offers the most upside of this group. I mean, Reynolds could easily find the end zone too, but after he shit on our face and got 2.9 when we raved about him last week, I have a hard time going back to them, and I think they have a tougher matchup. So give me Baldwin. I can't trust Ridley. I mean, it's the Samuel show, in my opinion. Maybe Ridley plows in for a score too. I don't know. One of these three is definitely going to score a touchdown. And my gut just screams Baldwin, but I don't really have much of a justification for it. All right. Rob wants to know uh, he needs one Spencer Ware, Nick Chubb, or uh, Doug Martin, I'm assuming that is. I mean, I would How do you, I would say Chubb, right? It's not even close. Yeah. Nick I mean, Chubb's, Chubb's like in maybe RB like a one. top five guy, right? You don't even put Martin's name in there. That's embarrassing, Rob. Come on. I know. Rob, what the hell's your problem? Uh, and thanks for listening. Um, <laughs> also, he needs three wide receivers T.Y. Hilton, Amari Cooper. Uh, Calvin Ridley, Sammy Watkins. Then we got Corey Davis. God, this is like every wide receiver in the NFL. Corey Davis Moore. I'm assuming he means DJ Moore, but he could mean David Moore. I don't know. And then Cortland Sutton. He needs three of them. To me, this is also a pretty easy one. What do you think? It's definitely Hilton and Cooper locked in in my top two. There's a no-brainer. Then it gets a little bit tricky from there. I do like DJ Moore. Cleveland's a poor tackling team. They move him all over the place, so he should be able to avoid Denzel Ward, at least for some of the afternoon. So I think Moore kind of reemerges, has a big game. I go Hilton, Cooper, Moore for these ones. I would have done the same thing, although you're right. After the first two, it is not actually a slam dunk. Uh, Uh Dan Rodriguez, Samuels, Justin Jackson, 
Alshon Jeffrey, Doug Martin. Why is that? Why is Doug Martin's name even coming up in any of these questions? He scored in back-to-back games. I don't so I can care. See, I don't uh, care. Yeah, no. And he's hurt. He's kind of out of this. Alshon's name should not even. I mean, be this mentioned. is a pretty, down- this is like a not great thing either. I'm assuming Justin Jackson is probably who we're yeah. going with. Start one of these guys in a non PPR again. That's just non PPR is just a way of saying standard. And you know how we feel about that. You know how Completely we feel about that, jaded. Dan. What do you, what is wrong with you? It come, yeah, Dan. It comes down. <laughs> this is really turning <laughs> into. We just really blast the people that are sending us. These yeah, exactly. Hey, All what the fuck is your like, problem, man? Out, you fucking losers in standard leagues. Yeah, but no, it's Justin Jackson versus. Samuels is what this comes down to, especially in a standard league because they both have good shots at TDs. My preference is Justin Jackson. I think he's going to be the clear cut guy uh, in an offense that's going to get to the red zone just a little bit more. So I love both options, but to me, it's Justin Jackson is my favorite of the. That's the question I keep getting a lot of: is Jackson, Samuels, or Wilson? Which one of those three is going to be the biggest waiver wire hero this week? To me, it's Justin Jackson. Me too. I think so too. BKG wants to know Sutton or Curtis Samuel, half-point PPR, lost Sanders. That's a tricky one because maybe Sutton steps up. He came off a 16-point day last week, but I really like what Samuel's been doing. He's been much more consistent than Sutton. Saw 11 targets last week, uh, and I think he's going to, similar to DJ Moore, they move him around all over the place. He's kind of, he's really emerged that clear-cut number two, and now Olsen's removed as well. Uh, Give me Samuel in that one. Joseph Cohen wants to know Aaron Rodgers, Jameis Winston, or Lamar Jackson at quarterback. Wow, if you're a Rodgers owner at the beginning of the year, I mean, what would you think if all of a sudden by week 14, as you're going into the fantasy playoffs, you're having to decide whether to start him or one of these guys? I seriously, right? You take him in your like third round, and now you're asking about two guys that weren't even drafted. Uh, it comes down to Winston and Rogers for me. I do love the matchup against Nola. Uh, oh, man, that's fucking hard. To be honest, how crazy is it that I'm going to say Jameis Winston has a higher floor than Aaron fucking Rogers this week, but he really does in a potential shootout. The one thing is the Saints defense has been playing so well lately that I can see like three turnovers early. Winston can bust and then gets benched. So to me, I'm going to go Rodgers. I think it's going to be a shootout. I know you don't love the game script there. Uh, but I, I, think I could. I just think it could go either way. I mean, I've, I've I, been disappointed by both those teams so many times this year. I wouldn't be shocked. Right. It's true. But I think just with McCarthy gone, they're going to want to play inspired ball, especially Rodgers, to, to send a message and make a point. I really think it's a shootout there between Rodgers and Ryan. So I'm going to go Rodgers here. Juju, Smith, Schuster, or Stephon Diggs is your wide receiver, too. Uh, great wide receiver, too, for either of them. But I'm going to go Juju. He's Me earned too. that locked-in number one receiver status. And now gets Oakland's second cornerback, who's the third lowest grade from pro football focus. That matchup is complete cake. I think Juju goes deep at least once for a huge score this game. The fantasy football water boy says, I need three in a PPR league. Larry Fitzgerald, Jarvis Landry, Cortland Sutton, Josh Reynolds, Mike Will. Mike Williams, I think. Uh, oh, God, I was Chargers. like, who the hell is Mike Will? I've been doing this for a long time. Mike Williams, sure. That's, that's tough to have to start three of these guys. I know, none of the I names, don't like any of them, really. I mean, I, uh, Yeah, I don't either. I would probably lean Landry Fitz and maybe go for the touchdown upside of Mike Will against the, yeah. the Bengals. Is kind of where I lean. I don't know. I mean, it's Sutton to me. I really am nervous. It would suck if like, I keep saying to bench him and then he does emerge as like that number one receiver and dominates. I just think he's going to struggle when he's facing number one coverage, yeah. when he hasn't really been able to shake number two coverage. And Reynolds, uh, I mean, as much as I loved him and I love the wiry frame and all that, just he had just disappeared so hard on us. I let, I go Fitz Landry Mike Williams here. That's what the gut says. Dylan Gonzalez wants to know Sony Michelle or Gus the Bus. I'm gonna go Sony. Miami giving up the 
fourth most points to running backs. Michelle had a day against them last time. Go down to Miami. It's it's a tough matchup. I know he's been getting vultured by our boy Devlin, but I think they, they kind of do him a solid and get him into the end zone on purpose this week. I like Michelle there. Brian Rutledge wants to know Deshaun Jackson or Deshaun Watson or Jared Goff. He says, I've got Gurley and Cooks. Not sure I want to go all in on the Rams offense in Chicago. I hear I that. Smart- I struggle with that sometimes. I think that's a smart strategy, Rutledge. There's some games where you definitely want to go all in, like Chiefs versus Rams, but the Chicago's defense is strong. Uh, and I already had Watson a couple spots higher anyways, so to just diversify a little bit, Watson against Cleveland's a solid matchup. I'm going to go Watson here. All right, Michael Evans, not to be confused with Mike Evans. Well, maybe this is Mike Evans, Indy, I don't know. Sorry, it's, it's Watson against Indy. I misspoke. That's my fault. It's still a decent matchup. Yeah, it's still a good matchup. Yeah. Michael Evans, maybe Mike Evans. Needs two for a standard league. What are you doing, Mike Evans? Standard league. Adam Humphreys, Kenny Galladay, Jarvis Landry, DJ Moore, Zay Jones, Dante Pettis, Cortland Sutton. Wow. You need two of those guys to play in a standard league? Humphreys, I guess, tough. right? Yeah, Humphreys is my locked in, which is crazy. Maybe to DJ say. Moore? I, I DJ Moore versus Galladay. I mean, Galladay was my lower. But it's still Galladay who has decent touchdown upside for a standard. Pettis has been the one. I mean, he's got 203 yards and three TDs in his last two games. Uh, he's been blowing up. I would probably, for a standard, I like to chase like the upside scores. So I'm going to go DJ Moore and Humphreys. I will say, though, this is hard because I do think Zay Jones, Pettis, like those are some of my favorite Hail Marys this week, uh, especially Zay Jones with Kelvin Benjamin removed. He showed really good chemistry with Allen. Uh, but I'm going to go DJ Moore and Humphreys for that one. That's tough. Rob Zaleski has one, and I love this because I should have said one this uh, on one of the earlier mailbags because people do this all the time. He says, DJ Moore, Josh Gordon, or Josh Reynolds, half-point PBR, and then he throws in at the end, have Devontae Adams and Amari Cooper as my wide receivers one, too. Like, that doesn't have anything to do with the question at all. He just wants us to know he doesn't like that he actually has good players on his team. So I, we're I not going to be like, oh, we're going to be like that. Let's like the guy that, that had seven guys, and he's like, I need three, and like the first two are like elite receivers. And it's like, right. you don't actually want to pick three. You want to pick one out of these next five losers. Anyway, uh, he wants to know DJ Moore, Josh Gordon, or Josh Reynolds as his wide receiver three. Very important, not his one or two. I'm, I'm going to go Gordon here. He's close to DJ Moore in my rankings, but he's been emerged as such a crucial red zone weapon and deep threat for Tom Brady. And I think Brady has a nice bounce back effort, even though he struggled in Miami in the past. I like uh, they, they're out without their top corner, Howard. I, I think the, the passing attack has a big day, along with the rushing attack. I think the patches roll Miami, and Gordon's a part of that. Jimbo Slice finishing with a disappointing, I want to say, 3-8 and eight record in the Rose Street Journal Expert League. Wants to know Deshaun Watson or Jameis Winston. I'm going to go Winston in the, the potential shootout against New Orleans. Full PPR flex, Dante Pettis, Curtis Samuel, or Chris Thompson? Not Thompson. I can't trust anybody in a Mark Sanchez-led offense. So it comes down to Pettis or Samuel. I oh, that That is tough because both of those guys are some of my favorite last round, like Penny Stock styles. Mm, uh, gun to my head, I'm going to go Dante Pettis. Blazo or Blazo just lost Emmanuel Sanders today. Half point PBR pick one. Kiki Cutie, Pettis, Chris Conley. Or would you pick up Mike Williams? I'd actually go Mike Williams and throw that last name in there. I love the matchup against Sensi. I would probably pick up Pettis as well if I have the the roster space to get both of those guys because you're going to need to have one emerge as like your your stretch run hero. Pettis could end up being the guy. If he does a third straight game of it, you're putting him in locked in, no doubt. Uh, but to me, it's it's Mike Williams then Pettis for this week. All right, CJ 
My team is in absolute shambles after losing, get this, Kareem Hunt, James Conner, and Emmanuel Sanders. God. Stretch I need high upside at tight end. You're not going to get upside high enough yes. to save you from that like shit. And then he's like, Lacoste, Engram, or Herndon. Yeah, so I need to make up for losing Kareem Hunt, James Conner, and Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, you think there's any way that Laco- like Lacoste might be able to pull me out of this 90-point hole that I'm looking at? <laughs> yeah, Matt Lacoste, like seeing Enrique Iglesias' hero coming down from the clouds to save you. Not, ha- not happening, CJ, sorry. To be honest, if you need high upside, the only way I would side there is Ingram just because he's a natural talent, even though he's been banged up all year. Probably going to have zero catches and injure himself pregame but if it's upside he's clearly the highest upside of those i mean it's matt fucking lacoste and chris herndon there's no upside to either of those no, guys so not. give me ingram i guess same team is above dj moore mike williams to fill in for the aforementioned emmanuel sanders you know dj moore especially with upside he's the one that could get like 150 and two you know yep cj also wants to know pick two different um half point ppr dj moore traquan smith Pettis and then uh, Markel. Oh gosh, Markel's Valdez scandling. Stay away from that guy. Why are you still talking about MBS, CJ? How is he still? Seriously, I'm, I, I'm, I mean, is this like a prank mailbag thing? Right. What are you talking about, man? Exactly. This is going to be the week where I pick DJ Moore and Pettis, and MBS and Traquan Smith have 30 points each. This is but the, I'm going, last year. Yeah. Last week we or last episode we were just really just angry in general and cussing a lot and stuff. And this week we're just really really just belligerent towards the the good people that have taken the time to write us mailbag questions. <laughs> I know, right? Just shitting on them. But I'm going to go DJ Moore and Pettis out of these options. Uh, Darius from Instagram. Pick one. Joe Mixon, Jalen Samuel, Spencer Ware, Austin Eckler, Josh Gordon. Pick one of those guys. Some interesting options there. Yeah. And I like Mixon the most. Mixon's kind of, even with Driscoll at quarterback, he still got you double-digit points last week. He should be able to find the end zone once. I, I like Mixon. You know bench Mixon. He also wants to know Josh Allen or Carson Wentz. Oh, man, now we're getting interesting. Now we're getting spicy. Let's ride Josh Allen, baby, the rushing yards master. He's going to have five points this week, and I'm going to fucking feel horrible for you. But I I like Josh Allen. I really do. This is coming from Twitter. Last question from Steven. Pick one. Isaiah Crowell, Kenneth Dixon, Doug Martin, Chris Thompson, Elijah McGuire, and also, uh, if you don't like any of those, just like a big fat turd on the sidewalk. Which one? I'm going to go with the turd. I think the turd has the highest ceiling out of that bunch. <laughs> Holy shit. That is hideous. Holy shit is right. Oh, yeah, right. I, I mean, Martin, if he plays, would be my preferred option here. Uh, other than that, I mean, can you ever go Thompson with Sanchez under center? Uh, I, I go Martin, then Dixon. I, we talk about Dixon as my favorite Hail Mary. I, they're all so gross other than Dixon. Dixon's at least like talented. So I mean, he's at Dixon. least on your Hail Mary list. It's like yeah, these exactly. other guys, if you're looking for four and a half uh, points, they're your men. Yeah, exactly. If they play. Hideous. All right, that's going to do it. Well, if you got any social media you want to talk about. Fantasy football playoffs, you got to get it right. So you got to tune in to the fantasy football tailgate on Sunday. Be there 11 a.m. Eastern time on Facebook Live. Every single sit start question. We got a record 69 questions last week. Nice number. Uh, but I do want to break that number again. So give us uh, your playoff woes. Let us know how we can help you out. Make sure you hit that. Uh, and then otherwise, you, you can find us on Instagram, Roto Street Journal. Me personally, Roto Street Wolf. Always answer 
answering all the questions that come in there. I uh, would love to help you out as best as I can, get you into those semis, get you to that title. We're paving that path. It's this time of the year, the best time of the year. Not Christmas, but fantasy football playoffs. Let's roll, baby. All right. My name is Nat Truth Jones. And I'm the Wolf. Best of luck, guys. Later. We used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, 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 oh. And wave out to the crowd and take our final bow. Oh, it's our time to go, but at least we stole the show. 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 Second down, third effort, touchdown! Oh. That's pretty awesome. That's old-fashioned football right there, folks.